This is Sex the Podcast, episode number 21. It also happens to be the second to last episode of Sex the Podcast ever. Cue the violins. Don't cry, people. It's going to be okay. (laughs) This episode is with Robin Ashmore. It's called Transgendered Sexuality, One Woman's Journey. So how we met Robin was through another one of our interviewees, Rick Clemens. Who was featured in episode 17 of Sex a Podcast. And when I heard about the conversations that Rick and Robin were having, because they met going around to different colleges and talking about the gay, lesbian, trans, queer, bisexual conversation. And I was fascinated by Robin's openness and willingness to talk about her personal, personal journey of transitioning from a man to a woman and her willingness to then share that with us and you all. In this conversation, some of the things that we discuss are the toll that it took on Robin to hide her true gender identity for most of her life. We also talk about her journey from being a cis man to a trans woman. Robin shares what it's been like for her to become sexually active again following her transition. And we do dive into the distinction between transgender and transsexual because I know that there was a lot and there still is for me just confusion around that and wanting to be more informed and, around and, it. Yeah, and feeling like is this an okay question to ask mm-hmm. a transgender person and we got the chance. Yeah. And we are really excited to share it with you. Well, Robin, welcome to Sex the Podcast. Hello. Hi, Hi. Bob and Emily. Hi, Robin. (laughs) Hi. Thank you so much for coming on and being so willing to share your stories. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm an open book Mm -hmm. anytime. Anything you got, bring it. Yeah, yeah. I got a little sample of your humor before we hit the record button, so (laughs) excited to see how that continues to come out. (laughs) It's a good yeah. So to start off, what we would love to do is to um, just to hear the Cliff Notes version of your sexual history and just kind of give us a in, in through the lens of sex. What's the context for who you are and what your life has been like? And just just the Cliff Notes version. Well, a quick version um, of who I was before and growing up, going through your natural um, de- uh, sexual development. Uh, my mine was. Um, Distracted, being that who I was, uh, being transgender, um, not really knowing what that was, being confused. Um, I always liked the opposite sex. I always loved women. I uh, loved them. Uh, didn't know how to um, how to bring that to a, a sexual level. Mm. So I was very I was very immature with that. Um, matter of fact, I remember going to a um, I went to a 10-year class reunion at a high school, and um, the girls—they um, were all—they were all talking about me. I had a nickname. They—they they, they said because uh, my my male name was Bob, oh. and uh, it was like, um, "Wow, Bob's a great kisser, but he won't go all the way." Mm. I'm going, "Oh my God, you sluts!" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> You know, so I was really slow, you know, as far as uh, experimenting. I'd 
I did um, make it uh, in those days. I did actually have sex, and it was fun and everything, but I wasn't your typical male running around trying to hump everything. (laughs) A lot of my my friends were, Mm -hmm. but but I was a good go-between. I was good at helping them, uh, hooking them up with Mm -hmm. uh, friends because the girls, I was almost, I found out later that I was as close to being a girl as I possibly could have been without being a girl. Mm -hmm. Communication skills with the girls. Uh And, you know, it was pretty interesting. But um, experimenting uh, with sex, and uh, I think it wasn't until later when I was uh, probably about 19 or 20, I hooked up with a young divorcee, and uh, oh my goodness, I didn't realize sex could be that way at all. She, uh, we worked together, and we had um, we worked a four-day work week, three-day weekends. We moved in together, and many uh, <laughs> weekends never uh, never got out of the bed. Uh, it was insane. Mm. Uh, pretty incredible time in my life at that age. Mm. Um, you know, I was probably at my sexual prime at at uh, what I guess the male is at 19 or 20 in your early days, correct? Mm-hmm. Is that, that pretty accurate? Uh, in terms of the where the sexual prime is at? Yes. Sure, somewhere around there. <laughs> healthy. I was healthy, and uh, but at the same time, I had to hide my inner self. Yeah. You know, I, I never let that out, so it was kind mm-hmm. of. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it was a little difficult for me, and then she did sense something feminine within me, and then it became a problem. Mm. You know, she started doing some role playing and stuff like that with me, and it, oh my God, you know, that was horrible for me. Then my secret was out, and then that changed my dynamics in my life uh, to where I had to make a decision. It's either I find out more about who I am and try to pursue that, but it, it was taboo. I ignored it. I didn't want to know it. I figured I, mm-hmm. I wanted to be uh, normal. I wanted to uh, not disappoint anyone in my life. Yeah. And um, so I tried, hmm. you know, I, I just buried that when that relationship ended. And I believe it was because of that, because I revealed the fact for the first time in my life to somebody that I had a feminine. I never I didn't tell her I was my true feelings, but she she sensed that I had a feminine side. And her sister had a bad experience with a guy where he turned out to be gay and they had been married. And so it was kind of like in the taboo in the family. Hmm. It, it made me realize that I had to be really careful, hmm. and I locked it up, moved forward in my life. Um, I basically, uh, I had a girl that I dated off and on for years, and I, from high school, college, and in our adult life, and I could never um, get serious with her, because every time we started to... I felt like, oh my God, she'll find out who I am. Mm. That makes sense. It's kind of a strange situation. So I would back off. I I would back off, and Mm. then the relationship would go away and would get back together a couple of years later. And and, uh, unfortunately, uh, well, actually it was fortunate. Uh, I did, we finally cleared it up with her many years later. Actually, probably about six years ago, finally. Mm. uh, Oh, wow. Actually, it's been longer than that. It was... um, actually about 12 years ago because uh, I ran into a good friend of hers and uh, then we reconnected and she actually was married and living in Australia. She was coming back here and she wanted to see me and uh, it was pre-transition for me. My friend knew 
and but it was no one is to know what's going to happen. But she revealed to uh, Tammy that um, there was something up with me because mm-hmm. Tammy, you know, and, and and then Tammy pried and. It's funny, you know, how people will perceive that. They go, oh, my goodness, is Bob dying? What does he have? How much longer does he have? And then she had to tell her, you know. Uh, and yeah. Now, the good part of that is um, that that's amazing in that story right there is that uh, when Tammy and I talked about this, she just grabbed me and said, this makes so much sense. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at the history of, you know, here we'd try to get together. She'd take a step closer to me and I'd take two steps back. You know, her family, uh, I was, uh, it was so funny. Her, her mom and her dad, her stepdad, uh, they were like, Bob is the guy. We've got to have him in the family. He's the perfect son in law. <laughs> and it was, and, and, uh, and it was just, it was bizarre how that all came to, you know, came to be. And her mom was great. We became really good friends hmm. after this, actually. And, Hung out for many years until she passed a couple of years ago. Mm. But, but it's funny how people accept you, perceive you. The story you hide within, when it's allowed to come out, it's like, oh, well, that wasn't so bad, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I did that with her. I, I was protecting her. She was somebody that I cared about, and and that's a weird psychological bend too, because. How could I ever get married in, in the first place? I picked a girl. I decided to pick a girl, and I don't know if it was a true romance. I don't think it was. I think she needed an out from her her life. She was young, and I I used it as a, um, I'm going to be normal. I'm going to marry a girl, buy the house, the picket fence, get two Labrador retrievers, pop out a couple of children, and I'll be normal. Mm. How conscious were you of that process at the time when i when i did that yeah i was i was in total denial uh-huh. i jumped into a uh, a male life buried that side of me very deep and i you know when i was first going to college i was going to go into law enforcement and uh what stopped that was uh, I was also working at the crime lab in uh, the Huntington Beach Police Department uh, as a, a volunteer situation while I was going to school because I was into photography. I was helping out in the crime lab. Got to know the guys really well in there and the one guy, uh, the finger, uh, not the, uh, the lie detector guy. And um, because one of the exams that you'll take uh, becoming a, a, you know, a police officer is a lie detector test. So yeah, I was pretty. I was in my second year at Golden West College uh, uh, through um, through the police science courses, and I was asking them, you know, just kidding around, you know, I guess, you know, what, what kind of questions do you ask? You know, <laughs> you know, I got the secret within me. I didn't say, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm paranoid as hell. I can't have anybody know that. Mm-hmm. You know, he was goofing around. You know, he goes, ah, you know, it's ah, this and that, and and then sometimes I like to throw a zinger in there, like I'll ask the guy if he likes to wear women's underwear. Or something like that. Now, I, I don't know, but I felt weird. I, I was going, what about that? You know, the flag's going to go off. You know, it's just I can't, I can't pursue that. So I was, I went back to that story because what I did at that point, I got, I, I dropped out. I, uh. I got into construction. I figured, hey, that's a manly game. Nobody cares. Back in those days, it was uh, the easy way to get into construction was to hang drywall. I was a, a studly guy. At that point, um, I guess I could back it up a little bit further. Um, 
I couldn't be that guy in my earlier days. Mm. Um, I had uh, something happen through uh, puberty to where I developed breasts. It's what I wanted, but it didn't work. It did not like when I, you know, so at 19, my mom talked me, or about 18, finally I had I had like a double mastectomy. So all that time living as a boy, it's funny. I couldn't really live as a boy because I couldn't take my shirt off. Mm -hmm. Isn't that that's kind of a weird t uh, twist to all this. Hmm. It's not a common thing. I, I don't know why it happened, uh, but I figured, and that was another thing, too. I figured, well, once that's done, then man, I'll be normal. I'll be a guy now, you know, and, and that didn't do it. Um, getting into a construction trade like that, um, it worked for many years. You know, I married this gal. Uh, I don't think she was really into me. Uh, we... We were married. We had two children. She basically, she's an alcoholic, so maybe that helped taper it. She didn't know about me. I did not reveal this, but I went all the way through it until, at some point, she was unfaithful, and it, it kind of broke down me. Where I always said within me that if this thing ever ends, mm. I'm going to have to pursue mm. who I am inside. Mm. That was scary stuff. It was just like, I. it's funny how I can, um, you can think these things or say them to yourselves, but you don't really believe they're going to manifest in reality. Mm. You know? mm. At least I didn't. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden this started, this started happening um, towards the end of the marriage. My daughter's, uh, uh, my last one was, uh, let me see, she was probably about 17 uh, getting ready to uh, gra in the graduating time, right around in that age, getting uh, her senior year, and um, the marriage was well over at that point. She had already had three affairs, and I was trying to be the guy thing, and I didn't. I could have done that like a typical guy would do. Maybe I don't know if it's if I'm saying that right, or if if I had issues with that. I I could have had many other girls. I I used to one of my um, distractions that I would do is I would. I would do my job. I would hit the uh, the gym. I'd work out for hours. You know, come home, probably drink alcoholic beverages. You know, and and it would be it was just a, a thing. It was if you looked at everything, it was like a total distraction hmm. from myself and my life. Yeah. As a result of that, I was a pretty studly guy. I was a hmm. good-looking guy. Not that I'm a really foxy-looking girl now, but anyway, back <laughs> and I have good communication skills. You know, I found out a lot of things. What a girl, Natalie. What's the the, mo the biggest aphrodisiac? I believe is communication. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely, yeah. hands yeah. down, yeah. hands down. For when you have yeah. that naturally, right? Mm -hmm. You have that. Then I realized. So I had all these really good-looking girls at the uh, 24-hour fitness that I worked out at that were just. They wanted to know the Bob guy, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, on a more intimate, um, hmm. and I and I avoided it. Hmm. I avoided it. There was one I almost had to really pinch myself to stop, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring this crap into somebody else's life. Hmm. I knew I was finally going to be moving forward and dealing with who I was when my marriage ended. That was going to end as soon as my girls were done with uh, the last one was done with high school and the other one was on with her hmm. life. Yeah. For me, in my mindset, I just thought, well, okay, I did this. I mean, if I wasn't transgender, uh, there's two things that might have happened. I might not have never married that particular girl, 
And the second thing that definitely would have happened if I wasn't transgender and we were married, um, I would have divorced her after a couple of, after when she had her first affair. But in reality, I look you know you look back in retrospect, I go, wow, I would have been more into dating that girl I was talking about. That would have been somebody that you know would have chose if she would have chose me and we would have went on. Then it would have been what it would have been one of those what ifs, you know what ifs, and and. To be honest, this is coming out now with me. I'm going through some stuff right now, and I am incredibly angry mm. at, at my situation. You know, I can sit there now and look back at my life and go, you know, this sucks. You know, what, you know, it's why me, why me. You look at people that have been born with different things, missing a hand or eyesight or, you know, whatever, any kind of a handicap. This is a situation that, that um, is within you know, and it's in there. You don't know why. And I came from a generation where there was no information on it. So I basically, up until I was probably 20 years old, I truly believed I was the only person in the world that could possibly have this. Mm -hmm. And it's a perverted thought in my in my because I was a good person, you know, and you know I I was uh, I'd feel this way and I'd be embarrassed about it. I feel guilt. I didn't do anything wrong, mm -hmm. you know. I, I my my dad was horrible man. He was a little drunken Irishman, and uh, there was no way I could let my parents know. And they must have known. There were signs. They had to have known. That little shit never liked me, you know. Maybe because he was five foot two and I was six foot two. I don't know. Maybe that might have had something to do with it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think I think basically it was uh, they knew. They knew I was different, you know. Even though I tried to hide it, I pretty good actor you know I made it through all those because I transitioned I started my transition when I was uh, in my uh, later 40s and um, when I thought I just kind of wrapped up that life that that false life that I created you know I created a story that was it was fiction you know and uh, pretty good story I was a great actor um, I should have got a couple Academy Awards for that performance. I think I think no one knew. You know, I finally dropped the uh, the T bomb when I decided to move forward and being that I, I do I am a practical joker. Believe me, it was really hard to convince people that it was real. You're serious, yeah. Did you, you have know, concerns going into your transition? I'm sorry. Did you have concerns before well, you started the transition process? Sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, what am I doing? How what? How am I going to pull this off? You know, I mean, um, oh, but when I finally decided, it didn't matter. I was kind of like a kamikaze pilot. It didn't matter. It's all, I was all in. I go, this has to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, when I decided to move forward within my transition, I had to obviously break down the family. I had to let them know. I had to, uh, I had a, at that point now, I had a business. I had moved in, I had a construction business with a business partner. I had to break the bad news to him, and I was the business, so that was the end of the business. So that business dissolved, and uh, then I had to uh, change who I was and move forward. And I tried doing all that. I mean, like, I decided to do that, and I go, okay, now let's do it. And I hit the wall. I mean, it was just, there was just too much, too quick. There was no, uh, I didn't allow, you know, the time in there for things to settle. 
you know, I did everything really pretty quick mm-hmm. when I decided to move forward and, and transition. And uh, there was consequences. There still are. You know, the people you um, you lose, which really wasn't that bad. You know, my, my dad, you know, I, I, I really tried to outlive uh, the story, outlive him. You know, but unfortunately, my sister told him, and, uh, and it was totally the response I knew it always would be. Mm-hmm. Ah, I know what you're doing. Uh, I don't approve of that. Um, I don't want to know you anymore. Okay, now these things could be devastating. Those words could end a sensitive person's life if they were like living on their on their parents' mm-hmm. lips. Not so much. You know, I I just kind of well that that's about par. You know, that's why I never told him, you know, and then he died a few years after that, you know, and my mom was, uh, she was very quiet and uh, she had to have known, I mean, all those years and we did have some time together after my transition before she passed mm-hmm. and, and she, from that era, those people are just, they live in denial. If anything happens, it's, they will make up a, a story in their head and they will deny I the truth for them, I guess, and uh, that's how she was. And I'm walking with her in Huntington Beach. She's here, and I'm telling her everything, and and, and she's, oh, Bobby, I didn't know. I go, come on, mom. How do you remember your buttons probably were popped off your dresses sometimes when you would go? How did you think that was happening? Think there was like little mice in there unraveling them? That was me when I was getting too big for your dresses because you're kind of small, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And had to have known, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big, yeah. big deal there. Big, big deal. It just, um, I feel sorry that I couldn't educate her more before she passed on. But I don't know if that was doable, to be honest. You know, people that live like that. Um, you know, my sisters are that way too. Well, my one is. They live in that, that denial stage. You know, it's happened, but you know, it's like they don't acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't, not close with them at all. I have a little one and a um, one that's six years younger than me. And, you know, I've tried, you know, we tried to do things and I realized she's just not seeing me for who I am. And, uh, so I just, no family connection there. You know, that, that was kind of hard, you know, moving forward. But the transition itself was, uh, it, it'll never stop. It's always, she always moving forward. I mean, people think that, um, they see all this glamour stuff, like a Caitlyn Jenner thing on on the TV. Wow, look at that! Well, that that's not reality. You know, that's a reality show, is what it is. It's not real life. You know, and her situation, which I've real, I I try to help girls, and uh, we call that uh, it's a baby. Uh, they call it a baby trans syndrome. You have a 60 year old person that just transitioned from male to female, and now they're 12 years old, so they're a baby trans. They don't oh, have the mean, emotion. Oh, I see. Like they kind of yeah. regress back to a young. Yeah, and I went through that. It's like all of a sudden now you're just starting out. You're you're like an, you're an adult, but now you're going through a, a puberty, and you're you're acting like a little girl. I just came back from a boat trip with uh, with a group of them. I I don't know how I got involved in this, and I I, I was like, oh no, I I did this like 14 years ago. I was with people like this, and I was one of them. Mm. You know. I was running around on a boat in a bikini with a beer belly, and I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to act like, you know, a young girl, you know, and uh, I, I, no, I, try, did, I do what I do. I try to help, 
softly, you know, because I've been there, you know, I've been through it. Mm-hmm. But like I was saying, with the Caitlyn Jenner thing, people think that's they see this on TV now. And the good thing about the Caitlyn Jenner thing is it it did bring the conversation to the table. About, mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden, wow, somebody like that did it. That must be real. It's not just a bunch of men running around that want to wear panties, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, so that that opened that up. But then on the flip side, the immaturity part of it and the words that would come out of their mouths it turned a lot of uh, people off and. They're like, wow, this is weird, yeah. you know. So, you know, and um, um, I, I think I, uh, um, uh, it's good for me to see that and understand it, or, or maybe I wouldn't have, you know, realized what was going on with her when people were putting her down. I think she'll grow out of it. I think maybe, possibly or not. Some of them stay in that in that realm, but and me myself, uh, I've had a good. I actually, uh, I'm, I'm constantly learning about myself. You know, moving forward, I. Uh, I am at a point now where um, I'm going through a second transition because over uh, probably a six or seven year period within my uh, transition, I started having some uh, uh, orthopedic problems, uh, knee surgeries, back You know, all of a sudden my body started breaking down from that hard male life I had. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if it was a combination of that, hormones, antidepressants or whatever, but I gained an awful amount of weight. And then I didn't care anymore. I figured, well, I'm not going to be sexually active anyway. And um, oh, that was a decision you had made about yeah, sexuality? pretty much, really, yeah. How come? it was just like it, it, you know, because I hadn't had, uh, I haven't had an experience. I at the beginning, I did have a couple of. Uh, um, I'm not attracted to men, but it was. Uh, it did feel good to be um, asked out. You know, and have them get all gooey over you. That was that was good. I the first time that happened, I was I was um, I was all dressed up, going somewhere. I was in my truck, and this guy is in the car next to me, and he's just kind of like, you know, he keep, he's all goo goo, you know. And I, you know, and my male side inside looks like what the what the hell are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror. I go, oh. <laughs> Oh, wow, you mean her? Oh, I, yeah, I, I would do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Reality, you know, and it, it, I don't think I've ever really gotten into that. And, and um, I think I'm, I'm giving into it now, you know. Mm. And um, But anyway, about, um, it's actually been a year in November, a good friend of mine, after we get together every year and we, we go play a round of uh, Frisbee golf. You know what disc golf is? Yeah. For, and we've been doing this since uh, since the 70s. And uh, each year, we, because he lives up in Tahoe, he'll come down, visit his dad, we'll go do this. And each year, I'm getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, and, and last year, was my, my condition was horrible. I was well over 300 pounds. I could barely walk the course, let alone play the course. And I fell down the hill. And I was like, ah, I lost my balance, rolled down. He goes, that's it. He goes, that's it. He goes, I'm going to have to have a talk with you. Mm-hmm. Have you considered weight loss surgery mm. and I was like no I'm not going to do you need to do that mm. so in February I did the um, the gastric sleeve best thing I ever did I'm down over 80 pounds right now now by doing that and working out getting back in shape it reactivated your your sexual nature mm-hmm. ah, yeah. okay all of a sudden now I'm like I'm seeing a different person that I've never seen before a more mature woman that I never felt this way before mm. 
So it's turned on all kinds of uh, new feelings for me. Mm-hmm. So over these last couple of months, actually, it's all new to me. This is mm-hmm. kind of cool. And, yeah. and I'm just getting in touch with that for the first time. I don't know where it's going to end up because I, I'm not going to force a, um, a relationship with a male. I have no um, desire there. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking I got a little uh, a little bit active with the uh, trans community. I was doing things with them, helping. And, and I know a lot of girls team up that way where they'll get together. There's a lot of them that are married. Uh, and I, I, I see those relationships and I go, wow, that's kind of cool. If you met the right person, I could I could probably do that. Or better yet, to be with you know, be with a genetic woman would be great, you know. But um, let's face it, going this direction that really changes things. I do have opportunities now, and I'm a lot of my friends that I have, uh, they're they're on soccer teams, uh, uh, middle age, uh, 50, 50 soccer teams. They're soccer players that I met when I was doing physical therapy. Very awesome women, and they've included me in their world. And, and a lot of them are lesbian by nature, but also what I've found out, uh, you're not exactly trans, you're not exactly popular within that community of not being born a woman. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a hit and miss, even though they did want, they did try to set me up with a with one, and and uh, we went out, and I knew that's what it was a setup, and I, I haven't been set up in years, and mm-hmm. I was flattered that they they were thinking that direction. The girl was pretty plain Jane, and uh, I don't think I could have got up for that. Well, that's the wrong phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Gotten wet. (laughs) She didn't make my titties hard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think, have I ever had my titties hard? Would I even? (laughs) So it sounds like this interesting place where you're saying that, I've heard you say that you're not attracted to cis men, and... And in the past, at least in high school, it sounds like I can't tell if you were attracted to women, but you were just holding yourself at a distance because of your own yes. kind of disidentification. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. 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 Definitely. I, I was attracted. I didn't pursue it um, like most guys that age would because I didn't want to get close with anybody, mm-hmm. feeling that if I did, I might spill my guts, uh-huh. and they. I, oh, by the way, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's a conversation that I pretty much buried within me and, and, and really just did not. I was so, um, I kept that buried so good within me, even to where the example of uh, being afraid uh, it might come out in a lie detector test. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how paranoid I was, yeah. you know, until the, until finally to get to where I was when I finally decided that, hey, this has to happen. You know, and I was in therapy for a couple of years with a, a gender therapist, and uh, finally, I, I just had to make the. I go, hey, I'm ready to move forward, because hmm. that, that's another interesting thing that happened too. It's pretty funny, and it answers a lot of questions. Uh, going through that, she goes, um, you know, cross dressing. I was, I didn't have, I had things, but I never went out in public or anything like that. And you would hit and miss with that. My whole life would be hit and miss. Oh, feel guilty, get rid of it. And uh, she goes, you know, you need to go to something. You need to go get out there and, and do some of that cross-dressing stuff. And uh, there was an event that came up in Long Beach. It was at the Queen Mary the Boat. And it was a some kind of convention. And I went, I went ahead and went to it. I 
always meet people that like made a call and I met this person they referred me to a person at a wig shop and and then she was anyway long story short she did the makeup and everything and I went and got some clothes and I went to this thing and it's filled with like hundreds of crossdressers it was amazing wow. I had all these all these men and but you know and it was it, I, it was comical for me actually I I had a good time I was just I was like wow this is interesting you know and and uh, you know I had a good time and everything and uh, then was all done and over with I went back to my therapist and she goes well how was it I go it was horrible <laughs> I mean it was entertaining she goes you didn't what did you not get out of that I go these are a bunch of men in dresses. I want to be a woman in a dress. I don't want to be a man in a dress. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I found out later that that, that that comes out a lot with people that go through this. You know, they don't want to be pretending. It's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. You know? And that was the thing, too, when I finally broke that to the after. We were already well into our divorce. And, I, you know, when I finally dropped the bomb on her and told her what was going on with me, she did not know. And then later she comes back with me and she goes, oh, you know, you could do that dressing thing and we can go out together like that. Like, no! <laughs> oh, she that. actually suggested that? Your wife suggested yes. that at the time for yes. you to cross-dress? Fascinating. Here you had a, um, I, I had a, we had a d- dysfunctional relationship at best, you know, for 20 years and now you want to continue it? Oh, yeah, that ain't going to work, mm. you know? That's not going to work, you know. And, uh, but it was just not an. It wasn't on the table for me because once I move forward, no, I'm moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it sounds it, like also there was a level of, of like support that she was offering you too. There, what, did it occur to you that way? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, I think she was looking at her own best interests and okay. how she was viewed by her family and stuff. If I didn't, if I would have just not have told them about this it would have went a lot easier on me mm. because by me doing what i did it gave her an out the marriage was over i mean it it, it looked like one of those ken and barbie situations we look like the perfect couple the kids the mm. labrador you know everything looked good looking in but obviously there was a lot of stuff going on she had her demons she she mm-hmm. Couldn't be, uh, and I thought I did a good impersonation of what a guy should be, and did all the things. I was, I went through all the emotions when when I, uh, she had like three affairs, you know, and each time was like, I mean, it was heart wrenching. It tore me up, you know. I'm trying to put my whole life and soul into a relationship, and to have, you know, to be to have that is. It's horrible to have happen to you mm-hmm. on faithfulness like that. I would never do that. I had to that you know when you when you do something like that, I, I you're being unfaithful to your spouse, but you're being unfaithful to your children. I mean, you made a commitment here to have children, so therefore you need to be committed to them too. Correct? You see it that way? Sure. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Anyway, to the family unit. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I didn't mind uh, dropping the bomb on uh, with her on that, uh, but unfortunately, by me letting it out like that, I could have just let her stew in that. Because when we broke, you know, when the marriage ended, it could have been, oh, look what she did to poor Bob, that adulterous bitch. But that all got turned around. That all was forgotten when what? Mm. I was a transsexual. Mm-hmm. Oh, that bastard. Oh, that bitch. You know, mm. and it just changed the whole the mm. whole conversation there. The good part I had out of it was when we did, uh, when I did have to sit her down, and where our marriage would, was over for quite a while, and we go, well, we need, to, we still together, and 
we need to break this thing down away from the kids. Let's get out of the house. We go down to our favorite restaurant and okay, we both had something to tell each other, very of importance, you know, and uh, she drank her bottle of Chardonnay like she normally did pre-dinner and uh, we're sitting there and oh, okay, well, let's get this out. What do you, uh, but we were friends though. We weren't, it wasn't ugly. I go, you go first, you know, and uh, she does. She proceeds. She goes, well, you remember when I went to Vegas last month? I go, yeah. She goes, I met a guy, and um, I'm starting to see him. I go, well, that's great. What's that, like number five? Why we've been married? I go, that's great. You know, and she was like, you know, our marriage was over. I mean, you, you know, it was kind of good to get that out there. And she goes, what's your big secret? <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but, you know, somewhere about – 20, I did get therapy many years prior to that, and I was diagnosed with gender, being gender deformed. And um, there were at that point they wanted you to start the program, and I was like, "Whoa!" That ain't why I came in here, guys. You know, I came in here for you to get the shit out of my head. Mm. You know, instead they're giving you directions to a dress shop. No. And you know, I told her that, and I go, "Well, what is that?" I go, "Well, I was diagnosed." being gendered at work many years ago and she goes what does that mean well I'll take it one step further actually I've been getting help for it and I actually started female hormones about two months ago you might if you look at me you might see a little change in my appearance she's looking you know and <laughs> he goes well, what's gonna happen I go well it's that old cliche you know um, you know uh, a woman trapped in a man's body and she's still shaking her head. I, basically, I'm going to be transitioning into a woman over the next few years. If you could have seen the face, it was a Kodak moment, no doubt. I wish I had it on film. And, you know, it sounds harsh, but it wasn't. For what I was dragged through, I didn't mind dropping the bomb like that. I actually got comedy out of it, you know. And she was more shocked thinking of herself and what people would think of her rather than the reality of what mm -hmm. was really happening mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. You see? And how it was and for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was nothing there. And as time went by, we grew further apart. Even I went through my transition and, you know, and uh, yeah. she polluted my daughter's minds, mm. at least a little one. Yeah. You know, and, you know, things people, things people do to, do, you know, make you look bad. I don't think I was a bad person at all. You know, that part of my life, I know I did really well at. Yeah. You know, I tried my best. You know, here I'm living as someone that I'm not. So um, I'm really being extra careful on trying to be this person yeah. that I created, you know, this storybook person, you know, but uh, yeah, difficult, difficult. And it still is once, you know, like I said, once, you know, I moved forward and decided to go ahead and move forward and break down my whole life and start over in my 50, at 50. Oh my God, you out of your mind? Yeah. You know that first life was hard enough. Now you're going to go this direction, and it's been it's been hard. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you, you know, even just the the basics of uh, a, a larger size uh, male transitioning into a female. You know, big fingers, the, the blouses have those stupid buttons that go the they're all, they go the wrong way. You genetically impossible for you to button those. So I I don't get buttons anymore. Mm -hmm. Just get pullovers. You know, <laughs> everything about it. If you think about Ali, which you probably get a kick out of that, you know, you, you go, God, yeah, that would be kind of hard. There's a lot of things. You don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, you didn't go through that life with, you know, a little, you wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to. And uh, it just, you know, here we are now and at this stage in my life of uh, 
moving forward. Uh, so now I'm uh, becoming sexually active at where I'm at now. I, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure it will happen uh, here because now I'm, I'm more actively uh, pursuing it. Maybe I'll have to go out with that plain Jane girl just to see what it's like yeah. to, to be held by somebody again. Mm. You know, you know, it, it could be it could be interesting because yeah. I, 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 I joke about it when I speak, um, you know, because it, it comes up about relationships and stuff. And, you know, oh, you know, Robin, you know, how, you know, how's you how is your sexual life? And I go, well, like there was a couple there and I go, I'm envious of these guys. I mean, they're married. You know, that's great. They have each other. That's that's great. I would love to have that. You know, I'm sad because I know. But what I do have is a Costco membership card. That's where I buy my batteries. <laughs> yeah. And that just goes over well, and it's actually true. <laughs> you know. So, so Robin, as we start to wind down, I guess I'm just curious what... Um, what would you want everybody to get about about you or about um, just transgendered people in general? They're real people. It happens. Life happens. Uh, there's no, uh, uh, what do you call, stereotype or, or no mold here. I mean, we're all different mm-hmm. people. But the bottom line is that it, it's real. I mean, it's not a fetish. It's something... I wish they knew what it was. You can just put your finger on it and go, I don't know, you can fix it. My whole life, I thought they would come up with a fix for it. Mm. No fix. So what, what people need to see, and I try to get that, we're just regular people with a little bit um, irregular problem. <laughs> you know, that, that's difficult. Mm. And, and that's it. Yeah. And you've been speaking with a mutual friend of ours. You said that you you, you had been out um, doing talks and stuff. What what would you talk? What what is the topic of your talks on? Uh, normally, uh, what 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 my job is is normally it'd be like a uh, human sexuality class or, or such. And when they come up on that subject, uh, my job is to put a face to a normal transsexual person mm-hmm. you know to get uh to have you know me tell my story of you know where i came from how it you know in a nutshell and uh and and then it, it puts a little personal touch to it you know and and all you know for, you got to figure for many years when people heard the word transsexual they were figuring a hooker uh pole dancer uh, pole dancer job would have been good. I would have liked that, but I was just too heavy. Rip the pole out of the wall, probably cause all kinds of damage, hurt people. You know, it wouldn't be good. But uh, but you know, now you put a normal thing on it. You know, and yeah. a lot of these people that transition, they're just a um, couple of the people I met recently. One of them's uh, a DA for uh, Los Angeles, just transitioned. So a lot of these people have. You know, they have regular lives, mm-hmm. engineers, doctors, and such, and. You know, here I'm. I really don't have a profession. I don't think. Mm. What's um, been? I get, oh, go ahead. Um, no, no. Yeah, your question. Well, yeah, what's been the most rewarding part of getting to go out and 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 speak and support people in that way? The positive. Uh, the positive. Uh, <clears throat> uh, being able to know that you educated, to know that uh, you got through to them, mm-hmm. and. The reward that I've gotten that is outside of the class from that, I've been approached at least five times now over the last couple of years in different uh, – one was uh, – two of them were, was at the athletic club that I go to. 
and the the girl was perfect. She's working behind the desk, and she goes, "Robin, right?" She goes, "You spoke at my class." Oh. Now, now the reason why that's so rewarding is because I'm speaking about, you know, I'm a transsexual. You think most people would think, you know, stealth, oh, taboo. I made her comfortable enough by the way I told my story to where she was comfortable enough to approach me in public. Mm. And, I, and I had that happen at a golf course mm. and a few other places. And, and, and to me, that was my biggest reward because uh, that means I'm getting through to these people, making, uh, making them realize that I'm just a normal person. Mm -hmm. I'm not living in a bubble. I know some people do. You know, I don't. I'm like a bull in a china shop. You know, that's. I think that's to my advantage. I, I'm glad I, I never had a hide, you know. Yeah. So that's how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious because we talked pre-recording around, you know, some people don't know the difference between gender and sexual orientation. And in that same way, you know, you hear transgender and transsexual. I just was curious if you could kind of break it down for those people that wouldn't know what kind of the dis distinction is well sure you know obviously you know uh there's a, a clever way to say that but i'll just say it my way you know gender identity is uh who you identify as you know i was uh, i was uh basically i was in a situation where i'm a, a male who identified as female you get you're a woman you identify as woman you are a woman bob you're a man you identify you're a man i mean that's great when that's simple basic thing oh my god i was born a man but now i want to be oh that's that's just to get out of it now so that that's that part that's gender identity mm -hmm. that's who you are sexual orientation is who you, you know who you want to go to bed with mm -hmm. you know and um that part you know it, there's no difference there i mean uh, i like people got to realize the difference is, is is night and day you have gay men that like you know men and you have lesbians i like lesbians you have uh, heterosexual couples and and just being a transsexual doesn't change that doesn't change that at all it's it only changes one thing Let, let's say a lot of them that are in a married relationship sometimes they uh, they go through their transition and their wife stays with them so now does that mean now they uh, they were heterosexual before but now they are living as a lesbian couple yeah I think the answer to that would be yes Not a so that's kind of kind of weird, huh? Mm -hmm. But uh, does that pretty much explain it? Yeah, it does. I mean, I think again. So I got the gender identity and and sexual orientation. So when, what's the distinction between saying transgender and transsexual? Transgender is a blanket term. Okay, so it's the umbrella. It's yeah, it's your your okay. your uh, proverbial umbrella that kind of dangles there and covers a lot of things under that spectrum, where uh, transsexual actually just pinpoints the person that is definitely uh, born in the wrong body. Okay, got it. You know, or female. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, it works both ways. Mm -hmm. You know, I, there's just as many uh, female to male transsexuals, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they're they're just not they don't glamorize that to where you see that. You know, as much as you do with the other, you know, the male, the female. And so, does transsexual mean that they they made a physical transition from one sex to the other? Yes. Well, that's yeah. That's uh, that is uh, one of the definitions of transsexual. Uh, does uh, surgical alterations to to move towards the uh, preferred gender? Okay. Whereas transgender could be, I'm a man. I I didn't do any 
uh, I didn't do any physical things to my body, but I'm going to identify as a woman, say. Possibly. Okay. I, I don't know. That that could be, uh, yeah, that would fall under a transgender uh, situation. It also, uh, uh, yeah, that, that would be in there. Okay. I, I don't know at all. And then you have your specifics, you know, in the on the gender spectrum of, you know, transvestites and drag queens and all that mm. stuff there. It all falls in there. Mm. It's like an umbrella. But okay. it's... Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like there's a lot of shades of gray, and, and it is just dependent upon the person who it is, basically. Yes, yes, it is. And once you step over that line and, and you know who you are, like in my situation, I do. Therefore, I you know proceeded, got the, the surgery and the transition, moved into that different underwear box, and uh, moved forward from there. Yeah. You know, that that is a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. You know that is uh, you did it, and does it? It, it is. Uh, it is amazing to be who you always were. To finally be able to live that, yeah. you know, it still comes. It's still no Cinderella story by any means, mm-hmm. but uh, at least you get that part mm-hmm. out of the way. And mm-hmm. a friend of mine told me it was funny. A uh, Japanese gentleman that I knew for many years, and uh, he singled me out after way after my. I didn't include him and. In, in my uh and and letting him know you know what had happened to me and uh, he was a real macho guy he was the uh uh had his own karate studio he taught martial arts at the police academy real macho guy really really i didn't think i needed to tell him i wanted to come over and beat me up but actually what he did was when he tracked me down he he, he just goes you know what he goes that's amazing what you did how mm. many people go through life and they don't know who they are mm. said you have that part out of the way. And that was probably the biggest realization, I think, that anyone had dumped on me like that. You know, it's wow, that, I mean, it's kind of a cool deal, right? Yeah. 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 So I got that hang up out of the way. Now all I need is all the other good stuff, you know, partner, uh, a lotto victory, uh, you know, things like that. You know, yeah. things we all wish for, right? Those other things that everyone's like, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> materialistic uh, type things, you know. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about sex, Robin? The favorite thing about sex. Wow, if you got to think about it. Wow. What's uh, well with a partner? It would be an orgasm. I, you know, that part is um, actually uh, the climax is a uh, would be the favorite part, but it goes hand in hand with just having uh, the companionship. Mm. Got it. Thank you. And then my question is, how would you describe sex to somebody who's never had it before? Wow. What are you missing? (laughs) (laughs) Bam. Awesome. That's amazing. Cool. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's so funny. I have a friend, uh, a good friend, and you know, you talk about those. There wasn't enough time to fit that in there, but um, she always uh, um, liked men. But it's funny now, right? Being a transgender person and you like men, and you're going through that uncomfortableness through school and all that. And she didn't have her first kiss until she was like 24. And it was so, you know, she couldn't really relate as a gay male to have a, it, you know, you would think of it, now she's in a, in a married, she's been married for 10 years to a, to a guy. Mm. 
they got married and uh, his family does not know that she's a trans and and I just find that interesting because that was something I learned I go wow you, you you think that that'd be perfect so here you you have that inkling you know with the opposite gender you're gay theoretically and then you go through transition and now you live in a heterosexual life mm -hmm. but you think about the pre so it's not all you know it was just that that was like I was like oh wow well, that kind of makes sense you know you're awkward just like I was awkward with girls yeah. it's now I'm, I'm still learning I still hear these stories I meet these people and um, it's weird yeah. <laughs> you know I commend yeah, you I just spent a weekend, <laughs> I spent a weekend with a bunch of new people and uh, uh, new trans people I went to a uh, an event out in LA it was uh, an event for uh, trans law it was a fundraiser and they had it at this uh, place called Club Shine in um, uh, Ox Oxwood. I think it was the city was Oxwood or something. I don't even know where I was. It was way up there, and it was interesting. They did a drag show, and it was everything. But it had all these people that I, you know, Laverne Cox was there. Um, a lot of these tra uh, famous drag people were doing the show. I didn't know who they were, but I got a big kick mm -hmm. out of it, you know, and uh, to see all these people. But I'm done. I did that many mm. years ago. I'm not going to go to a lot of these club things like that, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. Too old for that. I got to be more mature in my old age. <laughs> yeah. Show these youngins. Yeah. Well, Robin, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Is there anything that you want to say or put out there to feel like this conversation is complete? Well, I thank you guys for uh, for inviting me in here and being able to share this. I hope maybe I. I never know what comes out of me, so uh, hopefully some good stuff came out there to where yeah. I actually shed some light on this mm -hmm. yeah. from my perspective. And you got to remember, mine can be uh, you know they interview a hundred of us, and it can be different mm -hmm. each time. You yeah. know, you got to. But uh, yeah, I just hope I uh, provided you guys with some good information there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah, I appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. yeah, That's thank awesome you for sharing your story. Thank you. Welcome to the end of the episode. I hope it really opened up for you a space of curiosity and compassion for how it is to wrestle with and then really take a powerful stand around your identity in the world and also your sexual preferences as well. This conversation for me even just personally shed a lot of light on places where I hold judgments and where I still hold some fears mm -hmm. and I really appreciated Robin's willingness to share herself so yeah. openly. Yeah. Before we leave you today, Natalie and I want to let you know that in addition to interviewing people about sex, we have also coached with a number of singles and couples over the past years to help them create more thriving relationships hotter sex lives, more communication, more intimacy, more play. And one of the things we hear a lot is just the shedding of what sex was taught to be for a person and going to a place of freedom around it and reclaiming it and coming up with what sex means for the person individually has been such a source of power and pleasure for all of our clients. And the impact that that has outside of just a relationship Natalie and I worked with a man who, where we worked almost exclusively around his sex life, but at the end of our time working together, he was talking about how he was getting unsolicited comments at work around how differently and more confidently he was showing up at work. Uh, and he talked about his confidence in every area of his life improved. 
if cultivating a more vibrant, alive, communicative sex life and relationship is something that you would like some support around, we invite you to go to sexthepodcast.com and go to the contact page there, reach out, let us know what's up. And if it's not us supporting you directly, we will reach into our rich library of resources and find the perfect person to send you to. No expectations on our end. We really just want to support you. That's why we do this work. Yeah, that's why we do this. So sexthepodcast.com. The next episode is going to be the final episode ever of Sex the Podcast. Cue the violins again. It's going to be just Natalie and I. We're going to share with you our journey of creating this project and what it has been like for us. Some insights that we've had and kind of just the experience that we've had on the back end through this uh, whole process of being in a relationship, creating a podcast, coaching singles and couples together. It's been a pretty wild ride. And don't worry, we'll get into our Cliff Notes version of sexual history too. (laughs) We will see you next time. Love you all.